Hello. Hello. We, had, <laughs> we had some technical difficulties here. Again, I thought we had like worked out all the bugs. We were so smooth you for were, like two weeks in a row. Yeah, you were close. And then all of a sudden uh, this week we were back to. What's the issue here? I don't know. I don't even know what's going on anymore. Mystery. Mystery. So uh, hopefully people are going to find us here on YouTube. Uh, the stream on Facebook kind of worked, but then the stream on Facebook didn't. No, the stream on Facebook did work. It was always The stream working. on YouTube didn't work. So, so then we just abandoned Facebook and we came to YouTube. So where we've are, always been. That's right. <laughs> Back to our home, <laughs> our home on YouTube. Uh, uh, people are starting to jump in now, which great. is great. So uh, say hi if you're here. Yeah, let us know how we sound. Yeah, let us. Yeah, <laughs> you never we, know. we always you have problems with our audio. So let us know if we're <laughs> we are suffering a game, especially with all the technical difficulties we've had. Yeah. Truly. All right. But so here think, we are. Did you get your tea? I didn't get a tea. I didn't oh, have time because we were having all these technical difficulties. You were. So I didn't have time to run over there. Hey, people are jumping in. Hello, yes, Ashley. Yes. Hey, Faye. Oh, yes. Auntie Faye. Auntie Faye. <laughs> Auntie Faye. <laughs> so I did not have time to get a, <clears throat> a tea. If you need to run, I can like. You can you can man the show. Here we go. <laughs> it's the Bobby okay. show for Lola. the next five minutes. No. Oh, yay, Anna. Hi, <laughs> Anna. Uh, I'm so glad you found us. Great. Yeah, uh, apologies for that. Yeah. Uh, it's like we tricked everyone. We were like live for true. a moment on Facebook. And but not like, our faces. Just like the shy. graphic screen was live on Facebook for like five minutes. And well, they were like, nope, I not was happening. like telling a little story. And you were like, I think we're live. <laughs> so hopefully everybody missed uh, it. Uh, hopefully anyone good. Facebook's coming on. Okay. What do, you, yeah. what, uh, what do you want to start with today? You want to tell some well, stories? See, yeah. How are, you, how are you doing, Jer? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah. Good. Um, this week's cocktail... Oh, two was an interesting Tutel. one. So, okay, creme de cacao. Yeah, it's like it's a garbage <laughs> ingredient. What if somebody loves drink. it? It's just like syrupy <laughs> chocolate stuff. Is but anyway, I, I read an article saying you can make really good drinks with it if you Where know what you're doing. Where are you reading doing. these articles? I bought a book called The Cocktail Codex. I bought a book. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. It's this oh. big hardcover book. It's okay. beautiful. Okay. It has beautiful photos in it. Oh. Anyway, they were talking about it. So I found this book called The 20th Century. Yeah. Uh, but it was gin. Oh, this is a recipe you found. Yeah, gin, okay, Lille Blanc, uh, like lemon, and creme de cacao. Like chocolate, lemon, fortified wine, and gin. Strange. It's a strange combo, but it was really good. It was, really, <laughs> it was like really refreshing and lemony, gin, yeah, herbal yeah. notes. So what did the chocolate And then add? you get this little aftertaste of like chocolate at the well, end. It was just like a little hug. It was just like, yeah, I was really surprised. I did not, when I read the recipe, I was like, those flavors don't go together. Huh. But, but then you were like, challenge accepted. Yeah, I was like, I'll try it. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it wasn't my favorite drink. Well, what, what are we rating cocktails with these days? Like, how many, how many gin and tonics? How many no, ounces? How many, <laughs> no, how many, like, instead of stars, I feel I like you need to, like, yeah, exactly. What are your, we'll come up with what's your favorite here. cocktail? Uh, I, that's a good Have question. A Negroni. This? A Negroni. Negroni. So how many Negronis, how many Negronis would you give this? Yeah. Out of five Negronis, <laughs> this was like three. Like it was okay, interesting. Okay. In the summer, I would <laughs> drink it once forget in a while. This. But it was refreshing, which is strange for a cocktail with chocolate flavoring. Was I it think. one that you like shook with ice? Yeah. Anytime there's basically anytime there's citrus or an acid, yeah. you want to shake with ice okay. and then strain. Got it. Um, anything else you can stir. Okay. Um, if it's egg, then you do a dry shake with yeah. no ice first to incorporate everything. Oh, then you okay. put your ice in and then you shake if you're doing like a sour with eggs. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, three so, Negronis. That's not Three bad. Negronis out of five. <laughs> 
It's like 60%. It's like a solid C. Yeah. I mean, you start the story like it's it's going to be better. Well, but I mean, I, it's just it was ingredients. It didn't bit. sound like those flavors would go together. And it was okay. really nice. Okay, so. nice, nice. Oh, yeah. So is that like, like the cocktail of the week or that was just the cocktail I just yesterday. made one yesterday. Just yesterday. Yeah, it's just what I was trying. <laughs> So I haven't, I didn't make a cocktail today, but yesterday that's what I tried. New Are recipe. you working your way through this book? Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, nice. I'm trying all kinds of different things. So okay. it's, it's in six different categories um, and then you make them. So anyway. Good. More stories to come, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, pretty good. Nothing too exciting this week. Right. Personally. Personally. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing good. Okay. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. It was my nephew Drew's first birthday. Oh, first birthday. That's a big I one. No, quite sweet. I just obviously got pictures. Of all the birthdays. It's of a, all it's the a big birthdays. One. He's a sweet little guy. <laughs> so I'm a little bit bummed that I can't yeah. sort of make a plan to go see them. Totally. We're just in Fort Saskatchewan. So they're close. Fort Saskatchewan is in Alberta, isn't it? It is. Yeah. 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 It should Which, be called Fort does, Alberta. <laughs> it does get confusing because yeah. I grew up in Saskatchewan. But it's true. Yeah. Where is it? Where is Fort Saskatchewan? It's up by Edmonton. It's like half an hour outside of Edmonton. Yeah. Somewhere in Edmonton. Hmm. It's like up there. I went to Edmonton once. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to get your son. To get my son. It's true. <laughs> he was born in Edmonton. I drove to Grey Nuns Hospital in Edmonton. Oh, I picked him up. That works. And I never went back. <laughs> so that's your update for the week? Uh, birthday? It. Yeah. Anything else? Drew's birthday. We we had a staff that's, yeah. meeting. Yeah. We we. We came together again today. We had our staff together. It was for great. the first time mm -hmm. since probably, I guess, since March fifteenth. Gosh, yeah, it did feel like a long time. I mean, we've seen each other a little yeah. bit, but never more than like a few of us around the building. Yeah, once. we've limited how many people come into the building at any yeah. given time, and we sort of we have a Slack channel where people sort of notify yeah. each other. Uh, but this is Jeannie's last week. Yeah, on staff with us at Commons. And yeah. so, so with, the timing yeah, with, of being able to gather together before we're like sending her this Sunday yeah. coming up, we're really kind of like praying for her and sending her mm -hmm. in our live streams. So. so, yeah. So in this Sunday, yeah, it'll be a last one. But I was going to pray with her and pray for her. Yeah. But this week we did like today, we did like a socially distanced yeah. lunch. So it was a little awkward. Yeah. You know, everybody sitting at different tables and spread out. Yeah. But it was still, it was nice to be able to be in the yeah. room on Jeannie sort of last week on staff. Totally, I mean, obviously yeah. she's still part of our community yeah. and staying here in Calgary yeah. and all that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was, it was nice that we were at least able to gather a little bit. It was funny though, because I came to set up early and in my imagination, I just thought, oh, it'll be easy to spread people out. There were nine of us yeah. here for lunch. And I was like, easy, we'll put these round tables in my mind, I thought together and we'll just space out a little bit. And then I realized, oh no, nine people these is hard tables to space aren't going to go together. They all need to be distanced. And then our yeah. chairs needed to be like equally distanced. So it did take a little, but it was funny how my imagination, <laughs> geometry. yeah, my imagination for like, oh, it'll be fine. We'll still like have this sense of being really close and all having one conversation. Right. It actually didn't happen that way because we needed more right. space in the room. Yeah. It was we still couldn't, lovely. We couldn't yeah. really have sort of one central yeah. conversation because it was too spread out. Which is an interesting thing about like our social lives now yeah. in terms of gathering. It was, still it was still nice it was nice. Everyone, and everyone had a chance to interact totally. with everyone at points um that totally you know. and also we had burritos it was great it was delicious burritos from el chorito tacaria my, one great. of my favorites it was great we were going to order from native tongues because <laughs> Ginny loves yeah it. which is also yeah. fantastic food yeah but uh, they weren't open for lunch so right we went to plan b with was, was el chorito which is my favorite <laughs> Although so both both are excellent. A, really, all along. Yeah, both are excellent. El Torito <laughs> and Native Tongues. If you want tacos, yeah. burritos. Yeah, it was really great. It was delicious. So it was great. 
Oh. Get some chips and salsa. Look, guacamole. It was great. <laughs> it was all in individual what? portions, like spread out. Okay. It's a little strange. But it was nice. We we didn't like sit around telling funny stories about Jeannie, uh, no. but we did get to hear from Jeannie in some lovely ways, and it got me thinking mm. a little bit more about uh, just our family church life and uh, what it's like to like grow and encourage the spirituality mm. of our kids. I mean, I don't have kids, but I still think about yeah. our kids, our yeah, kids <laughs> a lot. Uh, but you said something in the live stream on Sunday, and I kind of wanted to go back to it a little bit. Your, your language, I don't know if it was around the time when we typically like still do a little bit of yeah. a blessing. We say like, we bless mm. you in your play. We bless you. Um, but you mentioned uh, Commons Kids on YouTube as this place where we are still what did you say like encouraging the jesus story do you remember what your language was oh man now i don't remember exactly. like... you said it to me before and then now i can't remember exactly <laughs> right. but uh as you explained i may have explored the jesus story or engage something? our kids with the jesus story I, that was me just thinking oh, about it that earlier. sounds good i would <laughs> say something like that like that but the way maybe... that genie and jay engaged our kids with the no jesus yeah, story? yeah 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 obviously that's so. been the work of genie which yeah. i mean her storytelling ability with kids is something that we're hearing mm. from families Definitely. about like i'm really gonna miss miss genie's ability to like or my son's the, note to genie. Was, <laughs> what did it say it was so keep telling great. stories keep telling what a benediction genie <laughs> huh? <laughs> go keep yeah, telling stories Eaton wrote her a note made yeah. her a little card and that's what it said in it it's just great. Stories. It's great but it did have me wondering about this moment like we've been talking about the creativity that's available to mm. us as we've like sort of endured these different restrictions in life uh in this time of like preventing covid mm -hmm. but it made me wonder about like how can we what does that look like for us to like continue to wonder about engaging like with the kids young people specifically. exactly exactly like when you said mm. that what were you thinking? <laughs> what did I, I, it look yeah. like? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think for me, I mean, yeah. I was, I'm always thinking through, you know, my son, yeah. who, you know, obviously is growing up around church and mm -hmm. around his dad and, and my yeah. career and stuff. Yeah. And so I'm always balancing, you know, I want him, I certainly want to talk with him about God. I want to talk with him about Jesus, right. but I also don't want to like overdo it in yeah. a weird way. Yeah, I Like I don't want to, um, I don't want to drive him to, think about the Jesus story as this sort of um, this chore that like I have to do because this is what dad does or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I want him to enjoy it. I want him to explore it. I want him to sort of find his own way in it. Of course he will when he's older. Yeah. Um, everybody has to do that as teenagers, right? We all sort of like totally. push away from our parents and we find our own identity. Mm -hmm. uh, that's coming. I get that. That yeah. part is fine. But even as a child, I want him to be sort of um, spark his imagination for it. So we do a lot of like, well, not a lot, but when we read stories, just sort of like, Hey, what's going on? And what mm -hmm. do you think Jesus was thinking? And what do you think is going on with these characters right. and that kind of stuff? And and I mean, that's why I think that's what I was talking about, or in my head anyway, about that whole idea of how do we explore the Jesus story? How do we invite kids to to be um, sort of invited into that story yeah. and ushered into it? Like Rachel's yeah. reading um, Harry Potter to Eaton right now. Oh yeah. She really likes those stories. Yeah. So they're reading the first one together. But you know, like and I've read a couple of chapters and you read them and then you kind of pause and yeah. like, what do you think? Yeah. Like yeah. what's going on? Like, that's how I kind of imagine okay. um, my son exploring Christianity and right. Jesus as you tell the story and then you give him a chance to like, right. what do you sort think about that? And, yeah. yeah. So. Well, it, it had me thinking about a couple of things. Like I did work more with younger um, right. demographics and 
former workplaces. And um, it made me think about this book that I read half of once. <laughs> and it was called <laughs> The Spiritual Child, The New Science on Parenting for Health and Lifelong Thriving. That's quite the title. I know, right? But I went back to it this afternoon. You got through got the title and you're like, I can only read half a book because <laughs> I read the other half a book just reading the title. great, half a book. <laughs> I remember really liking half of it. Totally. Uh, but honestly, I think I moved away from that work and right. then I kind of put the book aside. But this woman, Lisa Miller, talks about like inborn spirituality that we all are like, we all mm. have this, like we are, as human beings, yeah. we are spiritual. And um, she talked about, I just found this little, some phrasing of hers was inborn spirituality that is great. Um, the greatest resource of resilience um, that children can have as human beings, like to develop the spirituality mm. of young people is to, and she talks a lot about wonder, okay. like living sure. in the world with incredible wonder. And do you need a coffee button? Nope. <laughs> 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 I was yawning off camera uh, many so, times. Actually, I know, but I, I, I <laughs> moved the okay? camera so that you nobody would see me, and then you're like, "What's going on, Jerry?" <laughs> But I'm still here. It was here. a busy day. I know. Listen, I, this, <laughs> this is a good is point. True. I want to talk about this. But we were talking about this before. Like I this know. is the first time we're in a room with human beings. All, a bunch of us that aren't like you know married to one of us <laughs> or my kids. Like it was. It was a lot of energy to be in the it room was with really eight funny, people because so. we were here earlier. Then we left, and then we came back. And yeah. and your first words when I walked in tonight were like. Oh, this was a big day. I was like, you're feeling tired. It was a big day. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I know. listen, everyone's going to have to get used to this. Like, yeah, you come out of COVID, right. you see another human being. You're like, how do I interact again? How do I have a conversation? How do I not be exhausted? By Add, this? Exactly. Added to the fact that you're trying to like keep this distance and totally. disinfect all the things that you've touched you and know make what? sure that no one else has like point. touched the utensil that this other person. It's a good had. point because I think part of it, part of it probably is yeah. that we're out of practice. Yes. Part of it probably is. It's 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 not emotionally normal. taxing to be in the room trying to keep socially distanced yeah. and doing this. And yeah. and there's actually some research already, yeah. like in terms of what Zoom does to us. Yes, like right. The, the ways that it's like our brain is constantly processing all this stuff and we're not able to sort of interact naturally. Mm -hmm. You're probably right. I mean, some of that yeah. is probably happening when you're doing a socially distanced lunch yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're trying to be present, you're trying to engage with people, but yeah. you're also trying to make sure everybody follows the rules <laughs> and you follow the rules. Right, right, so. right. You don't so. want your fingers slapped. Yeah, exactly, right? So <laughs> that's probably a big part of it. It's probably probably a big part of why we're so tired right, right now. So we're going to end early. Yeah. <laughs> Low energy tonight. I mean, how's everyone else's energy? I'm really curious about yeah, that. Not much energy in the chat tonight. No, yeah. nor so. are there. Yeah. So I want to go back to the yeah. kids thing. Oh, anyways, I was just thinking about um, the, the Jesus story and then like yeah. making that, like zooming out a little bit. Sure. That this is a time when I think we can all um, like dig dig in mm. and wonder about the resiliency that faith adds to our lives uh and our spiritual sort of practices that are that accompany us um, i think but also i mean i do idea. think one of the things with kids is they're you know you, you we we all sort of so the way i think of it is when you're born you have no reason not to believe anything yeah like anything is possible right. like the screen the sky can be pink or it can be blue or it can be whatever um but slowly through our lives like things become less and less possible. Like, okay. like I can't be an astronaut and the sky yeah. is not red. And, right. you know, like these things get layered on top of huh. us. And all of that's true. All that's good. Like we can't go through mm -hmm. the world like pretending like everything's right. possible. 
But I think there is something that we lose from that where sort of like when that becomes our framework, yeah. that our default is things are not possible because yeah. I've learned all these things I had to like cross off my list. Right, right, right. Then I think it, it really does get hard to hold on to faith, you know, like Jesus would say, a childlike way right. because you're, you're so used to being practical mm-hmm. and faith is not practical right like i don't mean it's nonsensical yeah um i mean faith that contradicts science faith that contradicts you know plain evidence that this is not good faith that's not a good way to trust but um trust is never you know faith is never going to be just purely you know math and two plus two equals four like there's always going to be some element of possibility and some risk in faith right because you're trusting someone in this case you're trusting god Mm -hmm. um you you may firmly believe that God's never going to let you down, but you may put your faith in the wrong expression of God. Mm-hmm. You may believe in God the wrong way. I mean, those things may let you down constantly. Right, so right. there's always an element sort of, of making risk. and rebreak. Or, yeah, there's yeah, always an element of possibility in that. And I think that's sort of part of what um, Jesus is talking about when he's like, you've got to come back as a child. And part of what you're talking about is this, yeah. this idea of wonder and how yeah. deeply important that is to spirituality. Right, right, right. And that's, you know, when I'm reading stories to my son and we're talking yeah. through the Jesus Storybook Bible, yeah. Yeah. like I want these things to be fun. I want them to be fascinating. Yeah. And I'm not just saying like entertaining. I don't right. mean that. Like, no, it has a, a structure of meaning making. Yeah. And like this sort of framework for being in the world. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want a prayer to be rote. I don't want it yeah. to be like just wrote. Like there's, there's a, there's a beauty in roteness too well, and totally. a ritual, like all of these things. Yeah. Because I got thinking, because again, that phrase really stood out to me in the yeah. live stream. And I got thinking about well, what, what did, what do I really take from hmm. my own childhood? What formed the Jesus story in me? Because I've always been a part of this tradition, the Christian yeah. tradition. Uh, I was um, raised in the Catholic church. So I was thinking about my experience of the Catholic church and it was ritual mm-hmm. and the imagery uh, and just like the, the, kind of big picture of the thing that stayed with me it wasn't the like the catechism lesson so mm. much it was the like kind of going and being a part of a community yeah. and like um something about the relationships uh, is a very embodied yeah. thing but i also got thinking about the fact that i grew up in a rural community mm. so very very small and you know kind of an analog time and we're in yeah. this like urban space and a very digital mm. time and so i was thinking about that this afternoon like what does this moment mm-hmm. um invite us into in terms of the creativity yeah. of our faith community around formation of the mm. jesus story with young people i mean i just enjoyed thinking about it again yeah, i'm not raising totally. my own kids but i care about how right. we do I mean, that it takes a village we're yeah, all raising exactly. our kids we're all together everybody's kids exactly. totally we are <laughs> so i don't know i just i enjoyed i mean maybe that's kind of an invitation to think through some of the things that we bring mm-hmm. with us if if we were raised with, you know, I feel very inadequate as a parent teaching the Jesus story to my son. Like Mm. I am pretty confident about like, you know, getting up here and talking to a thousand people. Like how do I engage my son with this feels like a very different type of skill set. You know, and I, and I'm always trying to balance this. Like, am I pushing too hard? Am I letting him off the hook too much? You know, where do these things come from? So that's really interesting. Can you say any more about that? (laughs) I don't know what else there is to say. (laughs) Okay. This is, I don't, it's not like a stressful thing. Like I don't stress about it all the time. Well, I think you're walking this really interesting line. And Mm -hmm. I think that kind of like, you don't want to oversaturate the, the, the being with the story that they're just like, get it away from me. Like I want, 
maybe it's part of the way to say it is I want Eaton to pick up and, and M eventually. Yeah. I want them to pick up. I think I resonate with some of what you're saying. I want them to pick up the spirituality yeah. through the community around it, not just, oh, that's what dad does for totally. a job. Right. So their own experience yeah, so, of the thing. Yeah. But yeah. even, even more than just their own personal thing, like I want to have that, that kind of communal experience of it. Like mm-hmm. I want Jeannie to be there telling the stories yeah. and he's like, Oh yeah, this is what I learned from Jeannie. Right. And this is what we heard here. And yeah. this is what I heard Bobby say. And this is right. what one of the kids told me totally. like that kind of thing, rather than right. just the, the big Jesus things are things he gets from me Yeah, because he knows that also that's what I do right. for a living. So right. I don't, it's, it's a weird thing. Oh, it's it a weird so interesting. Rabbit hole to be on this uh, kid's kick right now, but it, it makes sense right yeah. now with changes in staffing totally. and changes of how we're thinking these things mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeannie, you know, has been such yeah. a you know, formative part of, of the commons community for just that reason. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of us who experience commons upstairs on a Sunday yeah, yeah. are familiar with you and I, yeah. but families yeah. whose kids are interacting with it are very familiar with Jeannie, even if they don't know her that personally, yeah. because it's shaping the ways that we're having these conversations at right, home right. and the ways that we're talking about it. Yeah. And I think it's really important because there's a lot of... Um, yeah, I mean, kids are impressionable, but also there's a lot of the Bible that's sort of not child appropriate. Totally. You know, and so how do we talk about those stories yeah. or how do we wait on those stories? How right. do we choose which stories to tell? I mean, right. all of that is, it takes a lot of wisdom. Totally, totally, so. totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does take a lot of wisdom because you don't want to flatten them out. You want to have them still like be opening and like sort of curious and engaging stories, mm-hmm. kind of wild, but appropriately wild. Uh, I like, um, like Ashley says here, I know yeah. my mom always encouraged us to ask questions in church or Sunday school. Questioning the story was not bad. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, that's a good point. How do we find out more about that? Like, that's I, mean, I think that's, that's the whole piece is trying to figure out how yeah. do I get find how do I find ways to enter into that conversation right. with my son totally. rather than sort of downloading information because totally. information is not really what he needs right now right, right, right. he needs to have his imagination shaped in different directions right. about how he can imagine the world and how he can imagine right. people and relationships right. and stuff like the information I mean we can, but that's the thing like that's what I do right like right. like my shtick is like here's this obscure thing totally. that I read in a <laughs> textbook somewhere like you know, and then it's like, I got to talk to my son yeah. about like opening his imagination to right. new ways of thinking about the world of Bible. I'm like, oh, I don't know how to do great. that. I know how to talk to you about like right. ancient words and right. what they used to mean. So <laughs> boring, I know. dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I try to, you know, translate a He's word for him. Rabbi, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, oh, maybe gosh. that's the problem. Maybe that's why I, I feel inadequate. So I've been talking to my son about ancient Greek. <laughs> I need to find maybe a new you angle. need to find a yeah. different <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, well, All I right. like thinking about it. So I think it was fun. It was good. Uh, yeah. It, it sort of made me think about my approach to our, this anger series right. was there was no way like I, I wasn't I'm not even adequate to speak about anger, mm-hmm. to say all the things about anger. So my little phrase that I kept coming back to was like, OK, you aren't going to say everything about anger right. in two sermons, but say something hmm. like that. I just kept going back to that. Just like. Okay. Just say something, you know, it was, um, yeah, just some, I don't know what I just linked to something you said made me think about my little phrase, but we can talk about the sermon now. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, it was week two. Week two. So. Yeah. How to be angry at others. Yeah. And you hit, I mean, this was one of the big narrative pieces. Totally. In the book. So, I mean, you've got the lion's den. Yeah. And you've got, which we didn't talk about in the series. No, we didn't. Um, and then you've got the fiery furnace. Is it in? 
I don't know. It's before seven, but yeah. it's not in <laughs> two, three, or four. So, but I mean, this is the yeah. interesting thing is, you know, we, we're, moved, we're doing a whole series in Daniel, but we're not actually focusing on these sort of narrative pieces. We're focusing on more of these sort of interpersonal moments mm-hmm. and these little neat things that you've pulled out of it. Yeah, kind of um, stuck with Nebuchadnezzar, like these yeah. like, kind of three But the way that you scenes. talked about the Fiery Furnace story, I thought was, I mean, there were some really interesting pieces there, particularly in a story that's normally... Um, uh, I don't know what the language would be, but it's normally it's condensed. It's mm. like, hey, you know, even if uh, the bad guy throws you into the fire, right. Jesus will be with you kind of thing. Right. Which is a good story. Um, it can be. Yeah. You know, in the right context. But I thought, you know, you sort of um, were able to parse out and tease out mm-hmm. some of these conversations that were really interesting. Oh, interesting. So. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word of the day. Interesting. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, there were some things that I really enjoyed about this message. I think I really enjoyed the exploration of these extremes of anger, um, the like the outrage, the Mm. outburst and the suppression and this kind of finding a wise, healthy way with our anger with others. So we see Nebuchadnezzar rage with rage and fury, which is a typical motif in this kind of story. The king is gonna be that kind of king so kings are gonna king kings are gonna king <laughs> so the king does his anger fury things you know uses his power i think power is a really big theme sure in this story uh so that was an also, interesting- hello silver <laughs> so good it's a huge oh, yeah. theme though yeah right? it's a huge yeah power and knowledge and uh, what does it look like to kind of resist or who really has the power? I said, I use the language of brutality yeah. on Sunday that, uh, sure, this king is brutal, uh, but who's really powerful mm-hmm. again and again that people say, well, God is ultimately the powerful one. But just now but you used different. the idea of framing sort of um, this sort of outburst of anger and this sort of suppressed anger. Yeah. But what I, I mean, one of the things I thought was really neat about your sermon was not that suppression of anger, the way that you talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those characters expressing yeah. their anger, but it's not suppressed. Yeah. It's sort of, it's yeah. expressed, but it's in a different way, which I thought yeah. was one of the really sort right. of neat moments in the sermon Yeah, was there's obvious, there's the obvious rage and fury of Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. And then there's this, this um, standing up against um, that I don't think I would have read as anger in yeah. the story. Yeah. So talk about that. I mean, that I right. thought that was one of the really neat bits about the yeah. way you you took it. I mean, I just the more I like immerse myself in the history of like the, these texts, yeah. I just thought like uh, any any kind of like oppression results in some sort of anger. But mm. I think I I I use the language of like, do these guys seem unreasonably calm? Right. And then match that with some of the reading I'd been doing around like healthy anger expressed Mm -hmm. is a relaxation and it seemed kind of neat to read it through that lens Mm. that like that they're they're oh that makes me think about ashley asked uh ashley (laughs) asked a couple weeks ago or maybe last week about their names shadrach meshach and abednego and like why we didn't know what their names were before and we do know and um even just that that detail of like having your name changed like if i'm i'm bobby and if 
I have to move somewhere and somebody like forces another name on me and forces right. other clothes on me and makes my hair do, you know, do something I didn't want it sure. to do. Like I'm you're, you're that's, that's communicating something to me. Sure, I'm going to be angry about yeah. that, whatever that sort of ends up looking like. Um, however I resist that or don't resist that. But um, yeah, I just liked, I just found it really interesting to think about these texts as resistance mm -hmm. that they're resisting empire again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And that, that if we can like pull back some of the emotional layers of that, we see like, why do you resist an empire that um, overpowers you again mm -hmm. and again and again, because like you hold faith, but also like, this isn't the way the world is supposed to be. So and and let's imagine mm -hmm. you're the writer of Daniel. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I'm going to talk about this a little bit on Sunday, probably, but um, my take, and I think yours too, would mm -hmm. be, this is probably written yeah. um, yes. in Antiochus IV, Epiphanes, yeah. around that time. Yeah. So you've got Babylon, yeah. then you've got Persia, yeah. then you have Greece, yeah. and then you have, Greece sort of breaks up. So you have the Seleucid Empire, right. which is still Greece, and that's Antiochus Epiphanes. Right. He is the sort of last Seleucid king. Right. I see the last. Maybe one more after him, but that's that's right on the area where Rome is rising. Yeah. So it's clear that Rome is the next big thing. Yeah. Greece is on the way out. Yeah. So that's probably where Daniel's being written. Right. And, and what and, did what did that um, king do? He put he put like he's um, the he, he desolation of abomination. Yeah. So he's that guy. Yeah. So, he's that guy. <laughs> so Antiochus the fourth Epiphanes. Right. So Epiphanes is his title he gave himself. Yeah. Um, he's the fourth Antiochus. He calls himself Epiphanes, which means God manifest. Right. So like he's. He's got some issues, right? right? He calls himself God manifest. Like many, uh... So he's super terrible to the Jewish people. So mm -hmm. most people think that's probably when the writer of Daniel yeah. is being written. Mm -hmm. And this is what I thought was so interesting about your framework for this moment where these three characters yeah. are told, listen, you either bow down or you're going in the fire. And yeah. their answer is, we, we will, will not. not. Yeah, exactly. So uh, they don't. We will not. <laughs> Maybe God won't save us. Right. It's an incredible yeah. sentence. You could sit with it for the rest of your yeah. life. <laughs> so and so, yeah, so you did such a great job exploring it. You know this this frustration of the rage of Nebuchadnezzar, which yeah. is this unhealthy anger, yeah, and this like stoic steal myself to do what's right kind of anger. Yeah. I'm not going to do this, and I don't care what the cost. Yeah, is. yeah, yeah. Now, picture that again, several hundred years in the future, and Antiochus yeah. is terrorizing the Jewish people, yeah. and Rome is on the horizon. It's and the writer's writing end. this story yeah. and, you know, now it becomes really interesting. Well, it's always interesting, but it becomes really interesting to now think about what the writer is saying because mm -hmm. the writer knows, like, we can't fight back. Right. Like, like if we do, the Seleucids are going to yeah. slaughter us. Like, they're yeah. already doing terrible Our things to us. Over. Rome is on the horizon. Rome is clearly rising. They're going to take over Greece's power. They're going to take us over. We're not going to battle back. So how do you... Um, take the frustration that your people are feeling at that yeah. moment in history right. and you give them a framework yeah. to channel it right. in healthy but also productive ways that move forward. Yeah. Well, now you've got a story where the writer is saying, well, this is what we do. Yeah. We don't fight back yeah. because fighting back is going to was going to get us killed. Like, yeah. There's no point us taking on Greece right now. There's mm -hmm. no point us taking on Rome right now. So you don't do that. But you you stand up, you pay the cost if you need to. Like if if Antiochus is gonna bring, you mm. know, pig's blood into the temple, right. if he's gonna bring the Roman, you know, the eagle, you know, all these things, and the Romans do the same kind of things later, mm. you know, to humiliate the Jews. Mm. But it's like this is our story, is yeah. it's not we're not gonna 
we're not going to pull out swords. We're not going to fight right. back. We can't do that. We know that. But that doesn't mean that we buckle under. It doesn't right. mean that we just give in. It doesn't mean that mm -hmm. we allow oppression and injustice to take over. Yeah. Like we find ways. And storytelling exactly. is a huge way we do that by being the tellers of our own story. Yeah. Carol Newsom's language was like, it gives them a sovereign exactly. power. But not just of that no thing with nebuchadnezzar it's it goes with them. exactly and so it, when we take yeah. our past and we tell that story in a new mm -hmm. way that gives us a way to think about our present mm -hmm. moment right yeah so now how are the jews they are experiencing oppression mm -hmm. like this in right. a different way that story now gives me a narrative out mm -hmm. of which i can stand up because i've read this story and mm -hmm. i can stand up to Antiochus, I can stand up to his yeah. army and I can say, no, yeah. I will not go along with right. this. Even if God doesn't save me, I will not go. Like, right. I mean, that's where, you know, I think these stories are, um, this is where textual criticism, source criticism, all these historical um, critical tools that we have make the Bible more fascinating, not yeah. less. And the narrative aspect mm -hmm. as well, like really looking at how narratives were constructed the way that they were. Yeah, and when we consider all to... these overlapping details, yeah. Um, now it's, it's, it's not just how do I understand what happened in Babylon and how does that give me new insight into right, the story, right, right. but now I can also understand how does the Seleucid empire, how does Greek, yeah. uh, how does Roman empire play into this yeah. and how does I add another layer on top right. of the story? So writers, you know, the writer's saying something to you yeah. by telling this story here. Right. So now me as a person, 2000 years later, mm -hmm. Now I have more access to it because if the story was only about Daniel under Nebuchadnezzar right. and I have to sort of find a way to get into that, there's one right. thing. But if the story is about Nebuchadnezzar, but it's told for someone under Tychus Epiphanes. Right. Look at the I flexibility can, of that. Exactly. Thing. Yeah. It can so move now, with us. Yeah. So yeah. now we get all of these different avenues to come into it. Mm -hmm. And now it's not just me, you know doing this weird thing to make the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Menego apply right. to me. No, now I fit in this long line this of people. This is making me think about this. like the way we've told these stories to children. Yeah. Sort of the kind of flattening, like yeah. it's, I mean, Daniel's not even in this chapter, which right. is also kind of wild. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, the story has been set up really well mm -hmm. that it fits in uh, because of the characters being mentioned in the previous chapters. But I think that, I mean, that's kind of the beauty of the text is mm -hmm. that like you get these stories as children and they sort of accompany you in like fantastical ways. But then you get to see all of the like layers of meaning over um, century after century after century, which then like one of the layers that I went with mm -hmm. um, there, there's no shortage of injustices sure. that we could have named around resistance mm -hmm. and sort of like larger powers that feel impossible to defeat. But I went with domestic violence, mm -hmm. uh, particularly in this moment of a pandemic mm -hmm. and people, there was so much language in the news around like, let's make sure that we're being really aware of that. And when I, there's just stuff that sure. really stuck to me in that. And I I thought, well, this feels impossible to defeat mm -hmm. violence against women and girls, not only in the world, but my goodness, like in our neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where I went with like another layer yeah. of uh, this, yeah, this like power that feels impossible. And, and domestic violence, like any domestic violence, like this is what this, yeah. not that it's just the pandemic, but you get oh. bottled up, you get kept up. The things yeah. that are in us are coming out. Absolutely. You know, and that's what's happening in homes. And right that now. was what I hoped some of the invitation was like, you know, um, Robert Alter's language mm -hmm. around this chapter was that um, he's setting up 
the sort of severity of like this golden this golden god is replaced by this furnace yeah. and we're going to see kind of the extremes of the story give way to this miracle that yeah. they aren't going to be burned mm -hmm. they are not even their hair won't even smell as fire um and that's kind of mm -hmm. like this you know profession of the greatness of the divine in the story while they're right. you know in this terrible thing uh yeah. but that was what I, I tried to kind of link that language around maybe the miracle of this moment is like getting in touch with the things that we feel angry about mm -hmm. and being really uh, like aware of the anger that's under the surface with those who are around us um yeah cool Anyways. what um, else did we hit on this week? what else uh yeah what else do we got here um i mean do 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 uh, resistance was a big thing. Tell your story was a big thing. Um, yeah, that was an interesting piece. Um, it seemed like it for you. What? Like the, hey, you can tell your story piece. Yeah. Like in the way that you, just in the like um, presentation of the sermon. Yeah. It felt like it was a piece for you. Yeah, I mean, it feels, yeah, it does feel important for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a, yeah, a big part of like the work I do, There's there's no shortage of like, Le messages I get all the time around uh, people's voice being represented yeah. and comments. And we're always trying to get better and better mm -hmm. at that. Um, but I do the work that I do um, because of uh, this sort of like desire to see a more just world mm -hmm. where women and men, all kinds of people occupy all kinds of positions yeah. in the church. Um, so it feels important to, I mean, and part of the tradition of, uh, feminist theology is about the experiences of women and reading the scriptures with the experiences of mm -hmm. women because sometimes they're harder to find. We're not going to find sure. a woman in the book of Daniel. She's yeah. not there. There's no hint mm -hmm. of her. So so we read with the stories of women. And so my um, sort of desire to move towards a more liberated world is about reading the experiences of women or people who are marginalized um, with with the text as well, alongside yeah. of the text. So yes, telling my own story, mm -hmm. representing the stories of people who haven't always occupied those positions, teaching positions, positions of like sort of formation on that side. It does feel really important. Yeah. yeah. So also, I mean, I, I, you know, you have those moments in your life that are like, that are just really snapshot moments that you're like, holy crap, this is going to stay with me for the rest of my life. But I attended the Truth and Reconciliation Commission when yeah. I was in Vancouver. And I mean, I think about it still all the time. And sure. the language of like speaking your truth mm. and naming your own story and like being the teller of your own story just really, I mean, like there were moments that it really rattled me, but I just there was such a space mm -hmm. created for people to tell their own stories right. of what it was like to go to residential school, be sent to residential mm -hmm. school, be separated from their children. And that language I just have carried with me in a way that just has just always felt important that there's something that we release something mm -hmm. um, that was holding on to us or holding us back or like any kind of Nebuchadnezzar empire yeah. power is released when people can stand up and speak their own story mm -hmm. and sort of witnessing that at the truth and reconciliation commission is something I think about. I thought about it while I wrote this yeah. text as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's heavy. No, it was it's, heavy, but... it's a heavy sermon though. It was, it's a heavy yeah. series, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. You know, um, Jonathan listened to my sermon because huh. he's the best. <laughs> and, and I said to him, like, what was your favorite part? And he was just like, I like the Josh Ritter part. <laughs> that was a good part too. I loved it. It couldn't have like fallen into my lap better. I just happened to be listening and and he like walked one of my all, like favorite albums has this current of anger through it, but I never heard anger in it. It I heard it as like delight poetry i mean i have i was trying to date someone when i was listening to it and i have such fond memories of that time i mean after it broke my heart but it was a creative time in my own life when yeah, i was listening sure. to that um but i was probably also really angry about things too so this this invitation of like you know i don't have the, again like going back to like don't you can't say everything about anger bobby but say something about yeah. it and so my attempts to be like it can be an alert mechanism it can be a mm -hmm. force that's like redeemed for incredibly creative ways it can help heal you it yeah. can like help you find your voice mm -hmm. yeah it can also like tear you apart and right. it can also go incredibly sideways. Right. right? And I think this is the... and keeping it inside of you can make you incredibly yeah. sick, which is something I did a lot of reading around as well. Yeah. And I think that's the difficult thing with sort of these more volatile emotions mm. is some of us have probably been around people mm -hmm. who've been very angry yeah, and not in good ways. Right. And you're just like, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that right. for my life. I don't right, want right, to be right. angry. I don't want to be angry. I don't want right. to be an angry person. So I, finding I, ways. It's so funny because like I mm -hmm. do want to keep my anger. Like mm -hmm. I, but I want to always move with it in healthy ways. Like yeah. it, I just, I just really am currently yeah. uh, finding it to be just like an important part of being a human and not yeah. and not in a toxic way like again i don't want to rage i don't want to mm -hmm. be better i don't want to be a closed person i wanted to move me towards love mm -hmm. um love for maybe particularly like any experience of of our neighborhoods where people are marginalized mm -hmm. i want to be angry about those things and move us towards move myself towards love yeah and it, but i think that's the thing i think anger that doesn't get processed yeah, right is not, it's not gonna be good for you. It's not gonna help you. It's not gonna move you forward. Uh, and this is the tricky thing with a lot of these difficult emotions, even like sadness, Yeah. Um, is nobody wants to be sad. Um, and I and I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So don't I know, I'm, I'm always, right I just way. get a little defensive when um, someone's like, don't be. I don't think, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we should want to be angry yeah. in the sense of like, I wanna, I wanna be sad. I don't wanna be sad. I don't wanna be yeah. angry. I think what's important about what you're saying is I, do um, I don't want to not feel the things that I feel. Yeah. And that's that's super important. Like like to say if 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 I don't when I say I don't want to yeah. be angry, if by that what I okay. if somebody takes from that or what I take from that is, well then I'm not going to feel those emotions, I'm going to push them aside yeah. or I'm not going to name them, I'm not going to allow them to speak to and me. And that's why I want to be like no. Well then that's not healthy. Yeah. But I think if it becomes like, you know, I think what does happen is we become enamored with certain emotions. Like I just, right. I want to be sad. Right. Well, that's not good for you yeah, yeah, to yeah. stay there. Yeah. Does that mean that if you 
push sadness aside and you just keep finding ways to ignore it, right. like, th that is going to be incredibly destructive right, right, right. in your life. And I think that's and I think, what. And, and, I, and I will say I'm probably like being a bit hyperbolic sure, of course. with my language right, around that's anger. that's helpful when you're counterbalancing Exactly. Yeah. That's, I think that, that and, and I hope that it comes through my life. I don't mm -hmm. think people would look at my, my mm -hmm. life and be like, she's a really angry person. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I'm a really joyful, right. yeah. like fun, you know, I think like I'm, I'm maybe, maybe some of my expression is a bit hyperbolic mm -hmm. at, at the hope that we're sort of like inviting, you know, all people who have felt that they couldn't like go through yeah. those emotions in healthy ways totally. into a process of, of health. Yeah. yeah. I think the danger is that there are personalities that enjoy okay. the endorphin rush Okay. of anger right like like some of us really like spicy food and some people really like being angry yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. and then i think and the same as sadness it's interesting exactly. to put that and you can grab a hold of it and it's like yeah. i'm looking for a fight right. where there is right. no fight right oh i do love and it well exactly <laughs> so do i like I, you know um right. i think i talked about it a bit but yeah. i mean i'm an eight on an enneagram i like right. those things right. like i if i don't have my own cause to fight for yeah I'm going to find someone right. else's and I'm yeah. just going to do it. Right. Yeah. And you're an eight on the Enneagram, whether you like that or not. I mean, we've talked about that before, but I know every, um, every week I think I have, a, am I really, I don't know. And then, and then you preach two sermons it. on anger and, and like, like, love it. <laughs> so, but I think and then I'm like, come at me, come at me with is, that. Is finding that balance to be able to say, right. Hey, where, where is this anger? Yeah. Me being honest with myself and what's happening in me and giving voice to that in a healthy yeah. way. Right. Where is this anger? Just right. me liking a fight sometimes. Right, right, right. You know, and the, and I'm not saying this on you. I'm saying this on right. me because I know me. that there's <laughs> moments where, um, like all you know, Rachel and I have a fight, and I'll realize mm -hmm. I have no vested interest in this fight at all. I have vested interest in the fight. Yeah. Like I want the fight because yeah. you know if I'm bored or I that was me with my dull. sister growing up. I was right. just always wanting a fight, and she would just be like. <laughs> Yeah. And so, so, so how's the it. place, how's that place where you say, Hey, right. this is part of my superpower. This is the right. thing I do well. Right. This is something I bring to the front. Yeah. How do I make sure that that strength doesn't yeah. take over me? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it does for you at all. And I don't right. think people would pick up on that. Right. I think those are the pieces that we have to sort of keep balancing. And yeah. I do appreciate um, the way you're talking about it in the sense of, um, there's no such thing as walking down the center of any line, right? Yeah. We all need balance in our lives. Yeah. There's no such thing as that. Right. There's only ever sort of careening back right. and forth and trying not to yeah. fall in the ditch. Right. So life in balance mm -hmm. is co is const constantly mm -hmm. counterbalancing. Right, 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 right. So there's no, I've never had a balance between life, homework and life and work life. Yeah. Um, I've had moments where I've leaned more into work and I've had moments where I've leaned more into right. life. And when I'm healthy is when I'm able to know which, where, where right. do I need to lean and how. Right, right, right. Right? Because you're constantly going. Now, when we're really unhealthy, we end yeah. up in the ditch on one side. Yeah. And sometimes when you end up in the ditch, the only way to do it is to like right. almost swing back and to I the think, other ditch. And I think that has been some of my work right. with this series is to be like, there's been a bit of a wall, yeah. I think, particularly for some parts of our our community yeah. at large. And so I've been like, I'm busting this wall yeah. back a bit. We need, there, there's more to this experience. Mm -hmm. There's more invitation for us. Mm -hmm. In fact, if we're not angrier about some of the injustices that are right. around, like we could use it, yeah. you know, um, and there's an invitation to yeah. us in it. So. And then how does it get mobile? And that's yeah. what you, I yeah. mean, you keep coming back to in the sermon is, okay, yeah. so how do I take that? How do I turn it yeah. into love? How what do is, I turn yeah, it into exactly. And what is our, that? like, we will not, like, I will not, you know, like yeah. uh, the, this, the news about, women and girls 
dying all the mm -hmm. time. I, I will not be silent about mm -hmm. that. I will speak that. And it's something that we can care mm -hmm. about and be on the lookout for. Yeah. So and that, know, that yeah, was and a bit and of an example of like, oh, we will not. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like them. Yeah, Where are we at? We're almost at an hour here. Anything else that we didn't get to from the oh, sermon? I mean, you're up next. So you're going to bring it home. Bring anger home. Uh, maybe. Yeah, one more week to talk about this. One so more. We're, we're, uh, what am I talking about? I am talking about... Anger at yourself. Anger at myself. Well, anger, yeah. yeah. Anger at myself and sometimes. And it's Nebuchadnezzar again. Yeah. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, but I mean, right, not, I don't want to spoil anything for Sunday. Uh, right, I, you know, I'll have something to say on Sunday. But I mean, it's a, it's a really interesting piece in chapter four yeah. um, for a couple of reasons. Because one, Nebuchadnezzar is not the villain of this story that we think he no, is. No, this is what like, I think is incredible. Chapter about four, he ends up being like this, like he turns everything around. Yeah. Like he goes from being the guy whose anger gets the best of him. At the beginning of each of these stories. And brings out the worst of him. Yeah. And he comes around to being, yeah. you know, I, I think I probably use a quote from Golden Guy, but he talks about like... Um, the interesting thing about Nebuchadnezzar is he is this example of how arrogance and power, you know, can destroy us, hmm. but also yeah. an example of how to respond to chastisement and humiliation. He basically huh. says like, like, what do we do with this character? Who's I know, because like, he has like way more space on the page, yeah. way more like emotional range than any of the yeah. sort of main heroes of the story. He's a really I mean, interesting character. He really is. Yeah. And, and also a chapter great four. amount of compassion. does. Yeah, and to, he receives towards a great amount. him yeah. exactly as the whoever constructed you know yeah. the scribes who constructed the thing yeah. um, managed to still like turn us towards this character who mm -hmm. you know is enemy and see much more than enemy. And you gave me the Sorry. weirdest chapter. I truly do. Like, chapter four is so weird. Like it starts out with this dream, which might be the same dream, but right. maybe it's a different right. dream. Then it gets interpreted, and then the dream then, happens. Yeah, you know, and then like. Nebuchadnezzar turns into a wild animal I'm for excited. a year. And I'm then, excited to see what you do with it. It's a weird story. But I just thought there's stuff. something about there's something about maybe even some of the correct not the correction to some of the things mm -hmm. I've been saying, but the like what anger can do to us mm -hmm. in terms of taking us further from our humanity um, rather yeah. than. Yeah, well, that's what I think. That's what I think is it. going on. Is yeah. my take would be that that was where I would. This done. is Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, I mean, I took your notes. You gave me notes. I want to do, but that <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but heard it. Heard it version here, of the story right. is his experience of it. Yes. So Daniel sees it as he 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 like unleashes this furious rage. Yeah. Nebuchadnezzar sees it as I I became an animal. Right. You know, and in some ways Nebuchadnezzar's yeah. even more true, right? Yeah. Like it speaks to something really totally. true there, which is an, you know, I we really gotta like we gotta I have to do the sermon and then we have to talk about the sermon next week. Right, so right, let's right, save right, it for right, that because right, I still right. have to right. get um, to that. Uh I don't. I hope we didn't miss anything. If anyone had any questions, um, we would love to hear from you. Even in the week, I mean, we're talking one more yeah. week on anger, so we'll have one more after party about anger uh, next week. So if there's something you're like Bobby and Jer, we have not really heard you talk about, you know, A, B, or C. Yeah, definitely. Let us know. We would oh, even if it's even if it's um, Daniel stuff. Yeah, like, totally. This wasn't meant to be a series where we sort of work through all the details of Daniel. No, exactly. That but was a, kind of the funny thing. We can do some research. Do. We can figure some. Stuff oh, out. for sure. I mean, we, we got time. 
right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a really fun text to step into. Yeah. And it's it's been really it was really fun for me. I did really enjoy it. Just like moving into this kind of like different space of yeah. text, not just kind of going to the like, I mean, we could have gone to Jesus being angry in the temple. Like, totally. that, you know, was on my mind a lot as yeah. well. But I thought, no, I'm just going to stick with this this story and like mine it more and more. And yeah, more and we, we were there. in Jesus a lot this year. Yeah, I mean, um, we love him. Yeah, so it's good to be bad. <laughs> This is weird. I mean, we've, I felt like our energy was low tonight, but like good conversation. Oh, good. That's neat stuff. That's great. Cool. Uh, something, uh, how should we end? You want a, a moment of gratitude? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, let's do a moment of gratitude. No, you go first. Uh, give me time to think about it. Right? <laughs> what am I really grateful for? I mean, I've been riding my bike more. That's awesome. And I've been just loving that. Just, I mean, it, it connects me. Oh, I'm going thematic again. Okay, let's do it. It connects me to my childhood. I spent a lot of time like riding yeah. a bike on a dirt road on a farm and just being out and there's a bike. It's just so fun. Over there somewhere. Yeah. And yeah. I picked it. up a bike for a family. There's a family yeah. that um needed some help and they needed a yeah, bike for so uh for a 12 year old boy and I was able to find one. It was it was hard to find a used bike right now oh. during COVID and stuff. But I found him a, a great bike. So right. uh, we're gonna get that to that family this week. So, so good. That's, that's great. Fun. So that's my moment of gratitude. Uh, you know what? I'll I'll say uh, I don't know if she's watching tonight, but I'll I'll say Jeannie. I mean, yeah. Jeannie has been such a huge part of honestly shaping commons. Truly, um, you know, there's there's the sort of commons that I imagined, you know, hmm. five years ago or six years ago when I planted the church. Right. Uh, but a lot of what commons has become has been shaped by the families that have participated yeah. and the ways that we have. Uh, imagine what it's like to share the Jesus mm -hmm. story. So certainly thankful for all of her contributions and work to this, you know, community that I sort of dreamed up and I still get to participate in. Like mm -hmm. I, I owe this huge debt to her. All of yeah. us on staff do, all of us in community do. Mm -hmm. um, but also grateful for um, like hard but good transitions. Like, you know, the yes. beautiful thing at Commons, and we're only six years old, so maybe we'll have a hard one, um, you know, when you quit or something like that. <laughs> I was never going to quit. Um, but man, I'm I, <laughs> now she's angry. <laughs> but I'm very thankful that yes, yeah. all of our transitions, yeah. uh, Joel, who's who moved on to a new yeah. role and Jeannie, they've been so yeah. uh, filled with grace and they've just been the right time and the right move at the right moment. And the, the people on the team have sensed that I've sensed that yeah. you know, it's been able to come together. I, I've really, I'm really grateful that as um, part of the team that leads common, yeah. those transitions have yeah. been so full of a lot of love and a lot yeah. of grace and a lot of care uh, for everyone involved. And I mean, that's a really, yeah. um, I mean, at a selfish level, it makes my job easier, Right. but at a, like um, at me as a leader in the community yeah. and stuff, I feel so blessed to sort of be able to lead that way and, and participate in those types of transitions. So mm -hmm. even awkwardly socially yeah. distanced today around tables, right. that was, that was a really neat yeah. moment. Yeah. So. Yeah. I appreciate you highlighting that. It's yeah. true. It's true. It's great. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Uh, this really week, good. tomorrow night, uh, we'll be on Instagram for Living Room Worship. Yeah. Uh, that I, one's going to be good. It's going to be great. <laughs> New person leading. I feel really excited about it. So. That's going to be cool. Yeah. Uh, Thursday, well, I'll be back on YouTube. You know what? I forgot to plug in my computer this time. It's about to die. Just got Ooh. a warning. So it's about to die any moment here. Okay, Thursday, I'll be back on YouTube with some thoughts. Friday, we'll have another uh, community challenge, challenge in the community, a common area. <laughs> I will be so back on Sunday. The community is about to die. Bye. Thanks, guys. See ya. <laughs>